this is real. Every single minute, there is a what if opportunity. And every single time, the truth, the ultimate truth will tell you the what if story that is possible only by his means. But if you're not leaned in to this, if you're not stewarding the Holy Spirit in those moments, or you're actually not asking for help, he cannot respond. He will not respond in the way that you're hoping he will. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. You guys, this is a part of the roar, right? This is a part of the energy in which you get to show up in life of life, by life, through life, every single day. That's the roar in which you have when Christ dwells within you. And you don't have to be ashamed of it. I think there's a huge element for me, and I'm going to share a bit about my story, uh, connected to dance, connected to play, connected to fun, that was often suppressed in the shadows. My specific roar got knocked out of me. Actually, it got shushed literally out of me. When I was a mere age of three years old and there was an exposure to sexuality and femininity and gender that I should have never, ever. And I pray for anyone's daughters and yourself, Lord, that you would just cover them. You would just cover them and protect them and send your angel armies to those moments because it should never happen. And yet it does over and over and over again. So I'm going to ask for your transparency today. I've been in many arenas with lots of women, both really intimate on retreats and really big in conferences like this. And 
I think vulnerability and being bold enough in your roar to even just raise your hand. Perhaps it's the first time that you've ever been invited to raise your hand around such areas of silence. You know, we serve the lion and the lamb and the enemy knows that both sides of the coin can affect us. And so he steals, kills, and destroys from the time you are very wee until this morning, perhaps, when you looked in the mirror. Perhaps last night when you came home and you thought, I could never do that. So I'm going to ask for your participation when I ask you a couple questions. If you would just raise your hand boldly. This is your first step in the roar, okay? Have you ever had your roar knocked physically out of you? Raise your hand. Have you ever had your roar, perhaps like me, shushed physically from you? I know many of you can raise your hand to this. Have you ever had your roar masked? Have you ever had your roar humiliated out of you? You see, we're not alone in this desire to be heard. And it's ultimately not you who wants to be heard or needs to be heard, but the Christ that dwells in you and his word that needs to come alive through you. And if you've never risen your hand to any of those things before, I commend you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because it takes our bravery, it takes our boldness, it takes our voice connected to our action for us to actually do the hard things and for people around you to feel safe and comfortable and seen, and known, and heard. When you looked around the room and you sensed the person next to you raising your hand, it didn't feel so scary, did it? Didn't feel so isolating, did it? I surely was alone in that moment when I was three years old, and I have haunting memories of it ever since it came back to me. I'd suppressed it so much that all of the cycled patterns of my life, I had no idea why or how or when or where it had manifested, because so often we put things in the closet. We put things under the rug. And I had gotten to the point in my life, I was 29 years old, I walked into my house and the elephant under the rug was no longer something I could just ignore. I had two different businesses at the time. I also had two babies under the age of two. I was working about 70, 80 hours a week, hustling hard, waiting for the next dollar sign to ping on my phone. I felt like I was living the American dream in lots of ways in which people would call us Barbie and Ken. They still do. It drives me nutty. Please don't do that. And we were the youngest in the neighborhood. We had a white picket fence, literally, and both entrepreneurs and the boy first and the girl second, Barbie and Ken, right? It's terrible. And yet I felt completely void, probably like Barbie, I pulled into my driveway this particular day at the end of a long week, and I had just finished nursing my daughter. She was nine months old at the time, and so she was barely weaned, and I couldn't wait to see her. And yet, she came, she saw me, and then she turned around and went the other way towards Dada. My heart just, like, crumbled inside of me, but simultaneously, that void, that chasm of I really don't know what my emotions are because I had never actually faced them before. I didn't even give them hugs at that moment. I didn't even kiss my husband who was just outside talking to the neighbors, which is commonplace for Gary Hot Hubby is what I call him. 
And I walked inside and I thought to myself, Tamara, this is your tombstone moment. I've named it as such since, but at that moment, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, is this what it's all meant for? Is this what you're made to be? Is this how you're going to live the rest of your life? You're going to be an entrepreneur. That's on your gravestone. No. Are you worthy in this moment? Are you integral is the word we always went back to of being called a good mom or a good wife? Have you taken the steps to earn that? And we know that in Christ's love, we don't have to earn that understanding of being a child of God, but we do have to take note of it. We do have to open our hands and release our own idea and our own desires of our life and the things that we put together picture perfect for the outside world to see and say, God, I don't want any of that. I just want all of you. And so now my tombstone looks really different. Yeah, I'm still an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm a mom. Yeah, I'm a wife. And I love those things. They're huge blessings from the Lord. But I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a princess in his courts. And so are you. And this element of understanding and recognizing, it took a while. took me a while to get my roar back because what happened with that elephant under the rug, not only did we reveal it, and my husband who I was married to, I didn't even know me. I didn't even know myself. Elements of this past came rushing in. Word pictures, therapists, churches, aunties who would give me hugs in the midst of my weariness at the altar. Strangers came and filled these gaps and these chasms. And they started to give me answers to things I never knew existed, questions I had never asked before, surely answering questions I was raising my hand for the first time to. And at the end of all of it, every face that I looked into, while amazing, while supportive, the only one that changed me was his. I stood in that very living room a couple of hours later. And this is why I am so grateful. This was a moment where the Lord reminded me I'm in every detail, every minute. There's actually a bird flying around in here right now. And this week I was sitting outside reading the word and there was all the birds were chirping because it was so beautiful in our crazy weather that we have here. And he, he reminded me of the exact song that we just sang. If he will feed the sparrows, won't he feed you too? If he will dress the lilies, won't he dress you too? And so when I looked face to face with my creator for the first time in my life, though I had been a professed Christian since I was 14 at Young Life, someone you mentioned, such an incredible organization that stewarded me, but I still had this shadow side of me. I was walking in the light, so everybody thought I even would have a mic and praise and worship with people, and then I just felt drawn back. And I had made an excuse, or at least the enemy had, and all of the people in the dark, they kept inviting me to that table. Sandra mentioned the table. What if that table is a table that feels inviting and yet it's of the enemy? He knows the tactics. He knows the strategy. He knows what to lure you in with. And he used my exact gifts and talents in that place and what felt like flow, alignment, health, wealth, 
I was a personal trainer. I really cared what the outside of me looked like and that of all of my clients. I'm like, you've got this. We had something called beauty in the beach back in the day. And we would literally work out in the sand. It was terrible. Sand was everywhere, but it was awesome. The hardest workout ever. And then it led into, like I said, the entrepreneurial space where wealth, I thought, was just money, glitz, and glam. All wrong. I want to talk to you about the roar. And I'm going to hear specifically to get your roar back. Kind of like JT says to get your sexy back or Stella says to get your groove back. None of those. We're in church. But for real, we need your roar. And the most important place for you to possess your roar isn't in here. It's out there. Because the moment you leave here, I can't be there to dance and clap with you. Maybe in your head. The enemy's going to come at you the moment you take a breath. Because he's trying to get inside of this place that is the ultimate battlefield, which was my ultimate battlefield. It was this imagination land. I now ask this question of people often, what if? Because most of our worries and most of our fears are connected to what if stories that are truly not even possible. We do this to ourselves, right? What if I walk down and I fall flat on my face? Did anyone fall? No, praise God. What if I take this leap of faith and I, I do something risky and I fail? And you love that little saying, what if you fly? And Rachel's son got to fly across the stage. This is real. Every single minute, there is a what if opportunity. And every single time, the truth, the ultimate truth, will tell you the what if story that is possible only by his means. But if you're not leaned in to this, if you're not stewarding the Holy Spirit in those moments, or you're actually not asking for help, he cannot respond. He will not respond in the way that you're hoping he will. He'll reveal the elephant. He'll pull out the rug. He'll take the businesses. He'll put you on your knees. He'll remove the makeup. He'll remove the glitz and the glam. He'll take away all the money. Every penny. Every title that you wore so proudly when you walked into a networking room. He'll take it all away but he'll replace it with himself, which has all the riches of heaven, all the identity, all the roar you'll ever need. I'm going to read to you Romans 10 this morning. Because I feel like Without understanding the word, you can never understand the next aspect of what I'm going to teach you, which is how to get your roar back and how to keep it back. Not just day by day, but minute by minute, because it's that difficult. And I understand. Romans 10.10 says, for it is with your heart that you believe you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is my favorite part, 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? 
And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And I feel like this is so indicative of the fun and the fashion. And even this moment right now where you raised your hand and you stood perhaps on your own two feet, not literally because we just raised your hand, but I'll have you do that too. This knowing that I am called, you are called, you are being summoned in this moment. There aren't a lot of people in this room, but the people that are here were meant to be here for such a time as this. So how do you get your roar back minute by minute? We've talked about it from a physical perspective. Actually, that was awesome. How does your body get invested in it? How does your mind get invested in it? Here are some additional ways. First is to release your story. Release the words that have been spoken and the message that's been planted on your heart. If we don't release it, we will never redeem those around us through his name. We'll stay in the shadows. We'll stay in the shame. We'll stay in the shudder. We'll stay in the worry. We'll stay in the fear. We'll stay in the anxiety. We'll stay in the depression. We'll stay in the suicidal ideation. And I don't just say those words because they're buzzwords and everybody's talking about mental health. I say it because I've been there. And it was only seven years ago that I stood in fetal position, didn't stand, sat, laid, weeped in fetal position before my husband saying, I don't even know who I am. I'm sorry you married me. I don't even know who I am. How am I supposed to teach these two beautiful babies who they are? If I didn't start to say yes and understand my truest identity, which is the character of Christ in me, the fact that he never left me, even in that moment of shame, when I was so little, I would never be here today. It took time. It took intention. And it took me sharing my story little by little by little. Because being bold is like coming up here and telling you all the the good stuff all the hard stuff, but it's just as bold for you to sit at a coffee shop and tell a friend for the first time. I don't care what your stage looks like. That's a stage. That's a moment in time. It's sealed. It's impressioned. It's a seed planted that only the Holy spirit can nourish. And the enemy cannot take that seed Because when you say his name correlated to your testimony and you're glorifying God in your story, it's his to be written and he's already victorious. And so you sit there and you share little by little. The first time I ever shared a portion of my story besides in my therapist's room with my husband on the couch was in a book. Bold, but not so much. It was a chapter of a book. I told nobody that I was writing it. I just knew I had to release it. And if it was outside of self, then it couldn't bury me anymore. It couldn't blind me anymore from the truth because it was over here. I want you to do this. When I talk about release, I mean, release these identities, these facades, these ideas that you've been telling over and over your own story gifted by the devil inside of this battlefield is a lie. So when we talk about worthiness and we talk about beauty and we talk about all these things, I could easily, easily tell you like, there's a roar inside of you. Yay. Let's go. How does that help you? It doesn't help you to know that you have a roar. It doesn't help you to know that you are beautiful. 
What helps you is how do you activate it? How do you acknowledge it day by day without the concern of everybody else, but specifically you and your relationship with the Lord? So we say, I'm anxious, but what if you took that off and it set right there? We say, I'm depressed, but what if you took that off and it set right there? You say, I'm an Enneagram three, but what if I took that off and I sat it right there? You say, I'm a business coach, but what if I took that off and I set it right here? If I took all of these things off, all these labels, all these titles, and I stood before you, I'd have my tombstone yet again, child of God. Because those things won't be there. And they're not trying to do anything other than to keep you in this idea of creating your tombstone today. Because I know what it feels like. You feel like you're dying sometimes. You're crying out, but you're not crying out to God. You're crying out to pharma to get more meds. You're crying out to social media to get more likes. You're crying out to your teacher to get an A. You're crying out in all the wrong arenas. Maybe the guy at work who gives you that emotional encouragement that you needed. Maybe it's your girlfriends and you have girls nights all the time. When's the last time you were on an intimate date with your husband? Maybe you're doing silly things that don't seem so difficult, but are actually causing more of a problem than you think. And you're just going shopping all the time. There are suppression tactics, even in our music, even in what we consume. I told my husband last week, I was like, I think I'm emotionally eating. He said, well, what's wrong? I'm like, exactly. I don't know. He said, well, let's not get to that place again. Let's sit down and find out what's wrong. Sometimes we don't have language for it, but if I can take it off and I don't put it as my identity and I can look at it and analyze it over here, oh my gosh, the peace that it brings, the help that I can give it, the support that I can ensure it, and most importantly, the truth that I can bring to it. So if the first one is to release your story with your mouth, start writing Start talking. One thing I noticed about this, and it's an honor to be able to, to help steward this process with women. We take women around the world to different places because I love travel. I love getting you out of that comfort zone or out of the place that is your death zone because sometimes they're one in the same. I take you to another country. I tell you no, nothing about it. You don't know where you're going other than that you bought a plane ticket. You don't know what you're going to eat or what you're going to be expected to wear. You don't know what adventures you're going to go on or what hard conversations you're about to have. And you often are going with a bunch of strangers. And when we get there and we start to release and share and raise our hand for the first time, because there's no judgment and there's no condemnation in this space, because I've invited the Holy Spirit first and foremost, but also because they don't know anyone, which is why I wrote that chapter in that book. I knew no other authors And I did not tell anyone that I had a published book. I let them do the marketing. (laughs) But then people started to contact me. And they started to affirm the fact that this helped them break chains. And I knew storytelling was important. And so they come to this place and they start storytelling. They start revealing those elephants. They start opening those Pandora's closets. They start getting their roar back. But what I have noticed every single time is a majority of the time, they've only told the story here. 
They've never told their husbands just like I never had. They've never told their children. So their children are walking around with generational chains and bondage doing the exact same thing that they did when they were a teenager. They've never told their best friends. So their friends don't actually know how to pray for them. If you're not telling, if you're not testifying, you're blocking the blessing, not only of all those people that I just shared that are closest to you, that love you, that adore you. You're blocking the blessing from your own personal freedom. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So R, release. O is to overthrow the enemy lies with truth. Get in the word. You cannot use the word as the two-edged sword that is intended to be unless you know it. Unless you dive deeper than just knowing John 3.16. Who knows it? Yeah, you guys got it. You got it. And I love it. And it's good and it's true and it's rich and we should wear it on our shirt and we should wave it on a banner. But there's more. There's so much more. And when you just share that, you're missing the context of his whole character, of his whole being. So I need you to get in the word. I'm, I'm roaring on your behalf for you to get into the word. And it doesn't have to be difficult. There are Bible studies. There are resources. There are people who want to teach you, who can't wait to teach you. And it's okay because you don't have to share your story there. You just come and learn the stories of other people who have been in the same, perhaps, pit of despair that you have been in. The next one is A, and it's to achieve. People get really not excited about this one because it sounds like doing and we know that it's in our being that we exist but achieve and unlock 
of praise and worship being your warfare. Get to that place. We were just worshiping with Ashley and the team and I'm in the back and I'm like, throw these notes away. I'm like, yes, Jesus. We have the revival going on right now in Asbury, but the revival is to get your roar back right now. This is revival. It's your own personal revival. And worship and praise connected to that are everything because you take your eyes off of you and the wallowing and those titles that the world has given you and you start to fix your eyes on the one who knows and is and is to come everything that you've walked through and he loves you even still. Get in praise and worship. It's not just for Sunday. It's not just for church service. It's not just for the shower ladies and it's not just for the car. Worship and praise are a posture. These women and men who were walking this, they were praising God with every step. Were they not? It doesn't have to be a singing. I'm not a good singer, but I love to worship. And God loves my sound. And that's the most important part. If I could sit there and I could just say, I'm like, I'm not a good singer, so I'm just going to mouth the words. Mm-mm. Just like you are uniquely and divinely and wonderfully made when it comes to your thumbprint and the apple of your eye, your voice is its own imprint. It's resonant sound to the Lord. And he has angels waiting for you to be sent if you ask, if you command, in fact. Because by the power and authority that's gifted to you, you have angels on your side. Imagine if before you went into that scary scenario, maybe that scary scenario is your house. Maybe that scary scenario is your workplace. And you had an army there. How would you walk into that room? I am the head and not the tail, right? You get to walk in and you get to command and you get to demand, but you can only do that if you know the truth because the other stuff that will come out of your mouth might hurt someone. You don't want to be that person. Because then they say, oh, Christians, I'm going to walk over here. Don't you be the one killing, stealing, and destroying. You have to weapon up with the word. You have to understand that praise and warfare will precede you into every situation. If that's your tactic, that's your strategy. And the last one, I mentioned it briefly, associated to identity, is to rest. Rest in your identity. Rest doesn't look like what the world tells you to do. The world says, go, 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 go. And it'll stifle and exhaust your roar. The world tells you to be louder, have more followers, get more influence. But social media, the rich and the famous, media as a whole, it'll warp your idea and your roar. If you try to keep it all in the closet and stay quiet and just stay silent, I'll be comfortable here. I love Jesus. I do praise and worship. I do that. I do. And I'm resting in him. You will muffle the sound of heaven. It's through your voice. It's through your activation. It's through your walk. And all of this, this roar is all connected to the mission of United and True. To be transformed, redeemed, and unique is the revelation that your roar matters. It doesn't just matter for you. It matters to everyone connected to you. And so I think of course, like a lion and the incredible fierce king of the jungle, lion of Judah that they are 
my son who has his own Instagram account. He's a jujitsu up and coming little kid. He's actually rolling right now at a tournament. It's often, I'm always on stage when he's rolling. It's really awesome. But we pray for each other every single time. He prayed for me this morning and he said, I hope they get their roar back. And I prayed for him and I said, go out there, buddy, and let everyone see and hear your roar and encourage others to do the same. But he practices these like sayings and he's like a little preacher. He'll stand up on his bed and his little like, he'll be so embarrassed if I tell him this, but he's his little undies and he's like talking at night and we're all sitting there like we're in a movie on a movie screen. And he said, he was doing the one recently about the lion. He said, you know, the lion is not the fastest. That's the cheetah. The lion is not the smartest. That's the hyena. The lion is not the biggest. That's the elephant. Why is the lion the king of the jungle? Because he believes he's the king of the jungle. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Believe in the one who believes in you enough to give you life and breath every single minute of every single day. And your roar will be activated. You will release it freely because you won't be worried about shame or condemnation or guilt or comparison. You will absolutely overcome and overthrow the enemy's lies. You will achieve a new level of warfare in your praise and worship. And lastly, you will rest in his loving arms, in your identity as a princess. I hope that your next step before you leave here is one that is simple, remembering Roar. All right, well, that's a wrap for this show. I am so expectant to see you in the room. FounderCon 2023 is about to happen in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th. If you are not there, be square. Just kidding. If you are not there, I want to invite you to come to the virtual stage. We have truly designed a stage and experience, whether you're at home or in person, that is unlike anything I've ever been to. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying that because Christ truly has shaped this event, not only with the people and the speakers that are there, but with the construction of how we are sharing the word, the good news, and developing your businesses intricately. If you are still on the fence about like, what does this look like, why would I join? There is so much content on the website for you to be able to know what exactly we're going over. But I want you to know there's some of the things that you're going to learn and what you will be able to extract and take away. TEDx conversations. Do you want to be on a TEDx stage? Do you want to learn from a TEDx coach? Health integration. How does your physical body and your blood work even have to play into your story and endurance of the race in which you are on? E-commerce and brick and mortar stores. We're going to be speaking specifically into how to develop those from a product lens uh, and how to make those effective, especially if you're a content creator. There can be some additional revenue sources uh, that could really support your business. What about the five-fold ministry and the spiritual gift integration? of truly igniting marketplace ministry and how you serve. Whether you have faith out front in your business or faith is what fuels you, either way is right if that's the way that the Lord has led you specifically. But how do you utilize this anointing and your gifts as an integration point to serve your community? Next, you're going to learn about marriages and how to develop a healthy marriage in the midst of entrepreneurship. Movements. How do you design a movement connected to the community build, connected to the words that are going 
gonna be across the nations. What does that look like? You're gonna learn from movement makers themselves. Then we're also gonna unpack ministry and what does it mean to be in ministry and what does the nonprofit world look like connected to ministry? We speak to businessry all day long at the FounderCon conference. And so this is really gonna allow you to have fresh eyes on what does that actually mean? How do we operate as leaders in a businessry? We're gonna be talking about meditation and mindset and have an intentional practice of how we show up to, to a work every single day. And that work is an element of worship. And so how is work a posture of worship? You're gonna hear from our worship team and other artists that are coming to the stage to unpack how do we show up in that authenticity for people every single day. Again, the publishing industry is obviously going to have a forethought here because I really believe on taking those messages to the masses. And a book is an amazing way to not only leave legacy, but to develop people, equip people, to disciple people in a really rich essence, even if you don't have direct access to them until they get your words in their hand. We're also going to talk and learn about the Christian Chamber of Commerce. You might not even know that this exists. Well, it is being developed right now, and the president of that organization is going to come and share about the importance of it and how it's actually developing and how you can potentially get involved as well in your local neighborhoods and communities. We're going to be talking about building global community as well as the importance of local community. So you hear from local, we're going to go global. We always do. We're going to be talking about uh, the lens of network marketing and MLM and how you could leverage that in your business because I do know that there are entrepreneurs that are doing this solely to help provide for their family and it is amazing what happens when you can utilize and leverage as an entrepreneur what it looks like to exist in the marketplace. Additionally, understanding that it could just be an arm piece to what it is that you do. This is an essence of affiliate marketing. Also understanding that there might be a place where you feel like that network marketing is running a little bit dry or that you're not able to use and infuse your faith or gifting as much as you'd like. And so you're trying to develop something on the side until that becomes the full-time thing and you can drop that. I've got to serve a lot of audience and community members who this is their story. It's a bit amazing to watch them leverage that marketing and pull it into what God has called them to do in this new season. We're going to talk about mental health unlocks. We're going to talk about leadership. We're also going to talk about money. I mentioned money when Kristen, you got to hear from her earlier, but Kristen is a wealth guru, right? And so how can we scale to six figures, seven figures and beyond? We as Christians, if we serve a rich daddy, we have that inheritance right. We have that birthright to manage it, but we have to understand how are we stewarding it? How are we managing it? Is our money working for us or are we burying our talents? So that was a mouthful. There's still so much that I didn't tap into with the different genres of panels that we're going to have and the individual speakers that are coming to teach and train in person as well as virtually. As I said, there will be roundtables and experts and workshops happening. And for the virtual people, while you might not get to have that direct access with these speakers, we are bringing some incredible virtual hosts who will be training you, developing you, and pouring into you during that time. So you will be served in a whole different capacity than the people in person, and yet you'll still have access to all of this in-person richness too. So this is not your average conference. This is not a stage to motivate you. We know you are motivated. It is not a stage filled with testimonies and storytelling, though I love both of those things, and you might hear bits and pieces here and there. This is a training ground. This is an equipping zone. This is discipleship in action, and it is applicable and attainable for you to be in the room right now. Revival is now. Marketplace ministry revival is now. 
So let's clarify your next move and get you founded in him. And if you're not yet, or you are already, and you're like, I got that part, let's talk about the remaining, the abiding, and the critical need of consistent momentum towards the call. We love you. We're inviting you in. Go to www.thefoundercon.com and get your tickets today. You will not be sorry. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us and this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network, which is obviously why we got connected and are so grateful to be a part of the community. They have shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Some of mine that I listen to on a regular basis are on Life Audio. Even some of our community members who have been a part of the Fit and Faith team through our coaching or different organizations, they're there too. So I definitely want to drive you over there, check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.